welcome everybody back to Crew 3. This week we're talking about crowning a new king of the format, what we've played this week in Pioneer, Hot League deck lists, and of course we're going to round off, as always, with Hot Take. Gentlemen, welcome back again to Crew 3. Joined here with my two co-hosts, as always, Chris and Ricky. Of course, I am your host, Ruckman. Gentlemen, how are you doing this week? Hey, we're we doing good. Played some Pioneer, having a good time. All right. So on that topic, uh, what did you guys play this week? How much Pioneer did you guys play? Ricky, you want to go first? Yeah, I went out to a uh, just local event. There were just eight players. We just played three rounds. Um, I played Phoenix uh, without Wild Slash, like a casual. And Okay, and how'd that go for you? Uh, I 3-0'd. I played against a really interesting Seasons Past deck, which I'm really happy that I had uh, two Sphinx's Tutelage in my board to help me get through that matchup. Now, was that your own choice, or have you been seeing what's I just, That was just sort of my own choice. I just wanted a not-creature, not-planeswalker-based threat. Okay. Now, I, I was a fan of the Sphinx's Tutelage deck back in the standard, and I loved some Pyrants of Goggles. I haven't messed around with a deck like that. Do you think that sort of strategy in its own is viable? I think that uh, you shouldn't just try to play a Sphinx's Tutelage deck. I think that because your opponent is trying to answer all your things in the ice and all your phoenixes, that the Sphinx's Tutelage is able to like get in there and be a threat on its own. Okay. Uh, all right. And Chris, how much, uh, how much Pioneer did you play? Yeah, I went to uh, another local event. Hopefully I would get to play uh, twice a week and then start some uh, online uh, leagues here soon, but... Uh, I also played Phoenix, uh, like I said, probably going to register Steam events until the day that I die, but um, I have some kind of fun stuff from trying. Again, I, I'm not playing Fiery Temper. I'm playing more um, one-minute cantrips, your crash-throughs, your uh, other one that does the same thing and gives double or gives uh, Trample or First Strike, whichever that one is. Whichever one of those you can pretty much play, uh, whichever one you want. But uh, I've liked those to get our Phoenixes back faster. Like, I just always have action in hand. And then I've got some fun ones in the sideboard, uh, some Narsets and stuff like that for the mirror. It just, they can't play the deck in the mirror. So we played four rounds. We had 18 people, which was great. Uh, I went three and one, but I lost the first round, which really hurt my uh, hurt my standings. But I had a lot of fun. Um, played against some real decks and, like I said, pretty much like mono green. Uh, probably my toughest matchup, but if you flip a thing in the ice, uh, it's pretty much game for you. So Sure. Uh, I myself, uh, I got to play a little bit. Uh, I unfortunately didn't have the turnouts that you guys did. We only had about uh, five people to start I went to. Unfortunately, I kind of have a good problem to have in that I have several store options near me, uh, but that sort of splits the player base a lot. So I'm mm. trying to find that store that has, like, the Pioneer hotspot. Uh, the store I did manage to go to, though, I think they have a great idea that I would like to uh, uh, sort of advise our viewers, our listeners on. Uh, they're pitching to their game stores with their little... Uh, where you're not running Pioneer, especially with the weekly bans coming out. Um, my store is running until the end of the year, and when they stop doing the weekly ban updates, they are doing they're allowing proxies for the event, and I think that's a great way to assuage people's fears about uh, building deck lists that are potentially getting banned. So that's something to bring up uh, with your store owners, and uh, even if it's fine with just the players themselves, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Definitely, I think uh, you just want to get people involved in this format. I think it's a really good format. Uh, in my couple rounds I got to play, though, uh, sort of the casuals, we didn't really have like, a full event. As I said, we didn't have a full great turnout. Uh, I did play some Blue White Control. Uh, I was on uh, just the uh, Planeswalker package uh, with a Torrential Gear Hulk in the main, kind of how we won out the game. 
uh, with Teferi Ultimates, you know, that type of deal. Uh, with an approach in the sideboard, uh, my first matchup was against Marvel, and you went to turn three Teferi, and they can't do anything. Uh, so that kind of felt really bad. Uh, my opponent, uh, after we played our two games, kept wanting to, wanted to keep going and uh, did not go that well for him. Uh, after that, I played against a fellow playing Mono Black. Uh, kind of a more aggro take, but he had some different cards. He was running, um, what's the card with uh, the untapped ability from Theros block that takes the damage and loses the, like, you lose a life and draw a card? Um, oh, Glint Sleeve Siphoner? Not Glint Sleeve The Siphoner. energy one? No, the one from Theros that untaps. Painseer? Yes, Painseer. Yes, that's it. He, mm-hmm. he was running Painseer. I definitely think Glint Sleeve Siphoner might be a better option to go. Painseer is a fine option. Uh, I wasn't quite sure. He wouldn't give me an answer on what card he wasn't playing instead of that. Uh, and definitely he was on Night Market Lookout. He was on a lot more Dread Wanderers than I've seen uh, a lot of the lists play. So I think mm-hmm. that might be a better option to take the deck over Night Market Lookout. Uh, yeah, and then I just uh, sort of played those matches, talked a lot with some of the guys there on the format. And I think, uh, you know, if we could start getting some good turnouts, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this format, which is kind of my hope just anywhere people are trying to play this format going forward. Uh, so before we can go on to some deck lists and the big events this week, uh, let's do a quick brief talk about the ban lists. Uh, surprisingly, I think nothing was banned. How do you guys think about that? I think it's a good good call. I don't think anything needs to be banned at this point. Nothing really sticks out as like a top deck. Some people have been saying like Nykthos. Some people have been saying Treasure Cruise. I, I don't even understand why they'd say Treasure Cruise. That card is doing almost nothing right now. No, I think I Don't think Treasure so Cruise is people, fine. You know? I think I think Nykthos is actually fine. I think if anything is sort of ban worthy at this point, I think I'm looking at once upon a time it's making draws too consistent in this format. Uh, that's the that would be my cut at this moment going forward. But at the same time, I am definitely fine with a no ban at the moment, especially where uh, you know Standard had three things on the chopping block this week. I think our format's probably a good home for Oko. I don't think Oko's too broken in this format, so I definitely wouldn't go with that. Of course, next week we will not have a ban list. Uh, Wizards of the Coast has determined that with all of the the, the high count of PTQs coming up the next week, uh, they're going to skip a ban list. So our next ban list is going to be Monday, December 2nd. So we're going to have a format pretty solid for two weeks. So I think this is going to be a good look at what can happen with a little more stability in what's going on with the deck list. So this will be something to look out for uh, going forward across the next two weeks. I'm excited for the uh, for the no no ban week. I think so. You know, I saw some concern like, why aren't you playing Pioneer? And some people were like, oh, well, the bans every week make me nervous. And I'm like, yeah. But at this point, like, there's definitely some cards that are high on the chopping block, right? Like, kind of like we talked about. Like, it does not appear right now that Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise are near that chopping block. So some people have kind of been like, well, I don't know. And I think, like you said, I've seen a couple stores offering proxy play, and some people are like, well, you know, you know, I don't want to play that casual. And it's like, well, I mean, you're kind of there to brew. So, like, if you don't mind, you know, um, if you want yeah. a bigger turnout, I think proxies are a good way to go. And I think that No Ban Week did a lot to kind of help the argument for Pioneer, where it's like they're not just going ban crazy, taking out the top decks every week. It's like they're looking for things that they seem to be oppressive, like dominating top eights. Yeah, and I definitely think that, uh, again, the, the whole thing of proxies, I'm not saying your store should go run like a 1K tournament with and allow proxies. <laughs> right, I'm, yeah, I'm talking yeah. about your regular weekly. If your store wants yeah. to pick a Tuesday, a Thursday, whatever night for their Pioneer week, their Pioneer night, just to get people playing, I think well, there's no problem with running proxies. Yeah, you know, like I said, it, as, it gives people a chance to play like a wider variety of decks, you know? Yeah, definitely at least until the format standardizes out. And what I do, I will say, people, if you're going to proxy cards, please, like, if you're going to Sharpie on the back of cards, write a lot of detail or 
do the thing and just print out pictures of the card images. So no, no crayon and slips of paper in my... If you're going to do that, again, write out a whole lot of detail on that card. Mm. I don't just want, like, card name on the card back. Please okay. give your opponent a little more info instead of just pulling out your phone with the Oracle text. Hmm. It would be fun to do some Planeswalkers, though, in crayon. I'm just saying. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Which, who would you draw? What would you, what would you do for Oko? How would you draw an Oko? Golly. Just, like, plus one, win the game. <laughs> yeah? You know? Just draw, just, draw an, just draw an elk. Just draw an elk. Just Mr. Steel, your grills. All right. Elking it up. All right, well, guys, that was some good uh, personal weeks there. Glad to hear you guys are out playing our, our new format. Of course, that'd be a little awkward if we weren't out there champing and playing our own format, obviously. <laughs> I played uh, Popper all week. <laughs> hey, if I'm going to pick a second format, that's going to be my second format. All right, no, no um, offense uh, intended there. So let's talk about, speaking of crowning things, let's talk about the Invitational uh, and our new, I guess, king of the format, Mono Black Aggro. Of course, the Invitational is split between two formats, Standard and Pioneer, uh, but I don't think any of the decks that were in the top eight had less than a 7-1 record in Pioneer. Uh, you know, it's pretty hard to get through the day to make top eight with a better than a, with less than a 7, or a, what is it, 12-2 record. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so we're seeing here in this top eight, uh, what are we seeing? We're seeing Mono Black Aggro take the crown. We're seeing two Mono Green Devotions, a Gruel Aggro list, Field of the Dead, Golgari Aggro, Golgari Scales, and blue-red artifacts. Are these the new, like, gold standards of the format? I think Mono Black is here to stay. I like the change from last week. We saw, like, Gifted Aetherborns and stuff like that. I like Scrap Heap Scrounger a lot more in this deck. Rankle's, Rankle's a good powerhouse card to be playing. Yeah, Smuggler's Copter's still flying, good. Flying's pretty crucial, I think. Your right lands now. do so much in this deck. Like, Castle, Lockdwain, and Mutavolt just really help a lot. They are unsung mm-hmm. heroes of this deck. And then I think on the back of this Mono Black Aggro, I think what I would easily say is uh, probably the Phantom of the format right now and Devotion, or Mono Green Devotion, however you want, whatever you want to call it, uh, which is, of course... Uh, the deck that just keeps on ticking no matter what they ban from it. So we're seeing this is our Nykthos, Nissa Who Shakes the World deck, into some big X spells and a bunch of mana dorks, right? Yeah, a little torn on Nykthos because it's one of those things that um, I do like that single and double color decks are like pretty clearly the place to be unless you're doing some crazy five color shenanigans. Typically right now I think if you're playing a, um, especially like an aggro deck, you kind of want to be... One colors to get to play the Nykthos, or two colors for the easy mana. But why why isn't uh, the Mono Black Aggro deck playing Nykthos at that point? So what what is what is the reason to play Nykthos in this Mono Green Devotion deck? So what are we powering out here with our Nykthos mana? Big Ballistas and Big Hydras. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You've got some X spells in there to to power out. I mean, I saw definitely some on camera. Like just let's just throw our Voracious Hydras back and forth. Um, fighting each other, double encounters. Uh, Ulamog in the board normally. Mm. Um, I think this deck, I think this deck is really good because it gets to play. Like, it always has a turn one mana dork. And if you don't always have the turn one shock or wild slash, then you are going to be behind. Well, it doesn't even need, it doesn't even need the turn one mana dork in the hand because they do have four of Once upon a time, I mean, they play 12. So. This, this deck, this deck is so consistent. I think that's what sort of keeps it around is that big threat, right? Is, is the consistency of getting those early plays, getting those early Nissas, mm-hmm. start powering out your big X spells. I mean, yep. Oko and Once Upon a Time both got banned from Standard, and they didn't lose any financial value this week. Oko gained 
financial value, much to, oh, uh, much to Chris's anger. Oh, don't Ev- get me started. Everybody and their mom was looking to buy four Oko after the ban. Yeah, that, that was the which problem. Is, which is, yeah, that, that is definitely the problem. Everyone, uh, so maybe after a couple more weeks, it'll start clearing down. It'll start powering down a little bit. Uh, maybe. That's the hope, any- that's the hope anyway. Yeah. Right after that, that initial surge of people wanted to buy in on the Oko train. Yep. And I think so it was smart. Is, like, I think, like, uh, cards that are seeing that kind of play, like, shift to $100 in a couple of years after they're printing. See Liliana of the Veil if you uh, if you want to yeah. check my examples there. Uh, so what, what about the rest of this field here? I mean, these are kind of, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily new contenders in the format. I, I, would, I would say two of them are uh, in the Grulagra list and the Lugariagra list. Uh, field of the Dead ramps, pretty standard. We, it's not having a lot of success, but it was showing up. And then, of course, uh, at our bottom two here, in 7th and 8th, are Golgari Scales and Blue-Red Artifacts, right? Mm-hmm. I like Blue-Red Artifacts. I think this... Yeah, I think it's a hot, pretty hot budget deck, um, if you want to pick it up. Obviously, the lands are a little something-something, but... I think that the Golgari Aggro deck here is actually misnamed. If you look, it's definitely just, like, a... Oh, oh, sorry. I, this is because... So, Star City's down right now, so we don't have the Star City uh, names. I think... Star City called this uh, Golgari Delirium, um, right? Del- Golgari, yeah, they called it Del- Golgari but Delirium. this deck is missing the best Delirium card, which is just baffling me right now. Which would be an, an Emrakul. Oh, Emrakul, sure. Like, mm-hmm. this is the deck that wants to play Emrakul. Like, it's got Ballistas, Gear Hulks, it's got artifact. Uh, it's got enchantments with Corsair, the Crufix, and it has a lot of way to fill its yard, so you can just cast that um, is even playing a dead weight to get your artifact? Oh, sorry, enchantment. Enchantment. Yeah. enchantment. Mm-hmm. Like, so what? What would you cut here for that? Uh, for the Emrakul. Um, it's a tough. That's tough. Um, I would probably cut the duresses. We've okay. already got four thoughts. Yeah, you're, you're already you're, you're already on four thoughts. Uh, do you have enough sorceries without that though to kind of consistently? We have Grizzlies. Oh, is Grizzly Salvage an instant? Grizzly Salvage, instant. Grizzly Salvage, Grizzly Salvage might be an instant. Traverse an instant. is you're a sorcery. Traverse, yeah, you have Traverse yeah. and Thoughtseize. Six, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, we're only running four Planeswalker and only three enchantments, so I think it's fine. And one, two artifact in Walking Ballista and Gearhulk? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess, yeah. That six is probably fine there. Do you want two Emrakuls now? I don't know if you want two. You definitely want one and maybe play a third Traverse so you can find her when you need her. Sure. I, I think I do like four Fabled Passage to, like, the maximum. This is the best Fabled Passage deck by far. Sure. Uh, does this deck want Death Rage Shaman? No. Does any deck want yes. Death Rage Shaman? Yes. Yes. We're going <laughs> to talk about that soon. Okay, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I could be convinced that if any deck wanted it, this would be this would be a deck that wants uh This deck Death doesn't want to eat its yard because it needs the types for Delirium. Sure. It's true. It's true. And then I feel like the Gruel Aggro deck, someone mashed a standard deck and added a few extra old cards into it. I mean... Uh, but I like the deck a lot. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I do think, like, Gorkman Rampager is a card that should probably be seeing a little more play. Have you seen Rabblemaster and Embercleave? Uh, I am a firm believer in that if you're going to play any red aggro deck, uh, it definitely starts with four of Embercleave. And Questing Beast does nine damage, by the way, if you shove an Embercleave on him. Sure. And uh, I guess without a bunch of uh, Falmary Knights, Lovestruck Beast does a little better in the format. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, if anything, he's you. just like, he turns on your Wild Slash. Sure. I'm just saying, when I was playing that adventure deck in Standard, I just love Shuck Beast felt like the worst card in it, because you would play this 3-mana 5-5, five, five, feeling great, and then your opponent in the mirror match just plays a Falmire Knight, 
and you just start staring at each other. Hmm. I mean, you know, hopefully you your three mana five five also drew you a card. Yeah, well, he usually does, but that doesn't beat their one their one mana one one death touch guy that also drew them a card. Uh, all right, so uh, any any of these other deck lists here in this top eight you want to pick out here? Uh, the Field of the Dead deck is pretty standard. Our Royal Grazer, Elvish Rejuvenator. Uh, surprisingly, no Golos on the main board. Actually, no Golos in the 75 at all, it looks like. Uh, and yeah, a lot of them are taking more of a ramp approach instead of... Uh... Yeah. A bunch of one of lands here. Uh, one Fairy Time Raveler, one Ugama Spirit Dragon. What is that one Azorius uh, Ryoko. Yeah, that's... So we, we need to start trying to reach out to people and asking, what is, your, what is this one of here? Why, why the one Azorius Charm? Like, I get Spice. one Settle the Wreckage. That's hot. But like, sure. Man, I hope that one Azorius Charm just, like, gets him every got time. got someone. I mean, the one of Azorius Charm is, like, when you just play, like, one of Mana Tide. Because when you hit one person with that, you're going to put the Fear God in every other person you play against. Hmm. With that one of Mana Tide. Is Glass Casket better than Suppression Field? Not Suppression Field. Um, Silk Wrap. Silk Wrap? Have people been playing Silk Wrap? I don't think I've even seen Silk Wrap. I have Silk to Rap. read Silk Wrap. Hold, please. I don't think I've seen Silk Wrap or Glass Casket before. Um... Well, I think Glass Casket is just a little more destroyable than sure. Silk Wrap is. I mean, it's I also argue... definitely much more uh, available than Silk Wrap. Sure, I, I would argue just playing Decoration Stone over both of those cards. I like I like me some Deck and Stone, but this is definitely a different effect that you want. Sure. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah, I think there's more artifact hate than enchantment hate out there right now. Well, we've got like such great cards like Return to Nature. Surprisingly, just like. The best naturalize ever printed. Returnage is really good. I feel like I lost a phoenix uh, to it over the weekend. It was upsetting. Oh no! Yeah, it happens. All right, so moving on from the invitational, let's go look at the top eight. Uh, surprisingly enough, here uh, mono black still in this top eight, coming in at seventh. Uh, we do have double mono green devotion duking it out in the finals. Uh, Jeskai ascendancy, teamer aggro. Uh, taking your three and four spot, Golgari Aggro, Soul Flare, Mono Black, and Phoenix rounding out the bottom four. Anything surprising here? Well, actually, let's go over because uh, obviously these devotion decks are pretty standard. These are the standard Bog Blue devotion list. And there is some spice. I think you're missing here in Todd Anderson's list. Which one? In Todd Anderson's list, let me look. He at is running list. two Reclamation Sage in the main board. Okay, all and right, only sure, one sure. Scoos. He said he's not afraid of Phoenix. He is gonna get all the Insol decks. Gonna get all the. He's gonna get decks, every right. Smuggler's Copter. Just blow it up. Just get him. Is that some respect to that ins that Insol deck that you believe in? I I believe in the Insol deck. I also like to point out that Todd Anderson is running four Hunt the Hunter in his side. Okay. Which. So he's 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 going after the. Mirror I match. think. Like I obviously Todd Anderson lost. He got second to Alex Han, but uh, this this deck looks definitely much more. Uh, he was preparing. This he was tuned. preparing this for is something. Tuned right yes. here. Yeah, he was thinking Todd, ahead. Like he knows Todd, what's up. Todd Anderson, I think, has been playing mono green sort of since the inception of this format. Has been one of since he was born. That man came since, out of the womb slinging forests, slinging mono green and pioneer. Wow, that's mm -hmm. pretty impressive. Hey, slinging mono green everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Sling and green as long as green could be slain. I'm someone who loves some auto green. Um, yeah, I think definitely Todd Anderson, if anyone knows the mirror match, uh, even though obviously he didn't clinch it there, uh, definitely has been playing that deck. Uh, even going so far as when the first round of bans, showing us that, hey, you don't need Leyline of Abundance, you don't need Oath of Nyssa, you just need Nyssa and Nykthos, and you're going to go to town. I'd also like to mm -hmm. point out he even has Unravel the Aether. 
which is what you need to stop, um, because Return to Nature won't stop a Mox Amber deck. Sure. Unravel the Aether does, because uh, the Mox Amber decks, of course, want to just recur Mox Amber, whether it be with sure. Emery or with Kethis. Sure, and I think that's one of your deck lists we're going to talk yeah. about here shortly. I'm just saying that I forgot Unravel the yeah. Aether was even a magic card. I think yeah. a lot of people did. Unra- I, think, I was I... there when Unravel the Aether was being sold for like $8, or like something the, the original De-glamour. version of that card De- de-glamour. de-glamour yeah 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 man I don't remember why we needed to shuffle an artifact um I'm trying to remember either but I know it was during the time when um red green shift was popular and people would play uh fourscape shift for prime times and there was definitely some enchantments worth uh shuffling back prismatic in. omen prismatic omen was definitely something but I think that was more of a uh I think but that could have been it like I said uh, I'm trying to remember I mean I know they played some uh some forms of enchantment ramp but it was definitely a hot card. Like I said, $8 at the vendor. They sent a guy home to go pick up all of their deglanders from, yeah. the, from the shop to bring them back to GP Atlanta is where I was. Jeez. All right, so let's talk about what are the differences in this top eight. Obviously, we see uh, a Jeskai Ascendancy list, a uh, deck we talked about last week, uh, here playing Sylvan Awakening and Sylvan Carried, playing sort of both versions of the deck list here. I'm wondering how many people knew exactly what was up. I guess if you're playing the PTQ, like you're probably a, somebody who considers themselves more competitive. But I wonder how many people he just got because they just didn't know what what to look out for. I mean, if I was playing against this deck, I certainly you know uh, would be a little slow to yeah, adapt I'm, and like fully understanding what to I what they can do. I unfortunately didn't have the time to go sit down like I wanted to and watch these top eights happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely something I still kind of want to go back and do. Uh, my week sort of took over a little bit of, too busy for me to catch up here. Uh, definitely, I want to kind of go back and watch the, these events unfold. I was really happy, though, to see actually Pioneer as the top eight of the Invitational. I initially thought it was modern, uh, mm-hmm. so I was pleasantly surprised to find out that it was the actual top eight, and I liked putting the extra eyes there on the format. I think it's a good sign from Star City to help give the format an extra boost here. Um, so, yeah, I like this Just Guy Ascendancy. It was pretty... Pretty standard what we were talking about last week, uh, running both the sil- the uh, the man the land version and the Sylvan Carry to kind of put them together because that like Ricky pointed out, running Sylvan Awakening isn't going to take away from the rest of the deck list. Yeah, this is pretty standard version of that though. Like some of the other lists we're talking about, like like somebody um, like I think Ricky pointed for last week, or like we're playing some Emery, and so like that was another way you could do this. And so like this isn't as much hybrid, I think, as much as like some of the lists I saw were either playing Carotid or the. Um, the two mana two one that's a standard right now, Paradise Druid. Sure. Uh, so this is this is definitely all in on the Sylvan Awakening. I mean, you're not doing a whole lot unless you cast it. I mean, you may even get some Herod, uh going, but um, you know, I don't think you, I don't think we attack him with that card. So for sure. Right, so uh, interesting enough, they have four strategic planning. I've seen a lot of lists shaving that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm definitely a fan of that card. Being a Phoenix player, I definitely play. Um, I think three in my current list, uh, just because it dumps a lot of cards in the graveyard to give you maximum delve potential yeah, and maximum let's Phoenix Let's talk potential. real fast about your current Phoenix list. How many lands do you play in that Phoenix list? <laughs> uh, great question. Uh, <laughs> Nineteen is my current answer. If you would have well, asked me, if you would have asked me on Sunday, I would have told you that I was playing nineteen, and I really was playing seventeen. Now, was this uh, you were playing this four, uh, fifty-eight card deck, or were you playing a sixty-card deck? I'm not realizing you had 17 lands. Yeah, it was definitely a 60-card deck. Yeah, I just... I put an extra couple spells in there. It didn't, didn't count my lands quite right. I was rushing to put the deck together two weeks ago, and then I just was great. Like, I loved it. Like, the only reason I lost uh, last week one match was um, just a couple mulligans. Um, and again, playing against Mono Green didn't find Phoenix. Other than that, 
17 lands was amazing. Like, it was perfect, and I had a ton of powerful cards. I was always casting. My grip was always full, pretty much. Like, all of my cards cantrip. I was always getting Phoenixes back, so uh, I absolutely loved it. But, yeah, it's probably a couple too few. So, for two weeks in a row, I'm pretty sure I played 17 lands there. And uh, 3-1 each time? 3-1 each time? Like I said, we realized in the last round that I was playing 17 lands, so... I, uh, I was playing 20 lands. Mm-hmm, I enjoyed mm-hmm. 20 lands. I was also playing a couple cards I liked, a couple cards I didn't like. I didn't have lightning axes at the time. I just couldn't find them. I ordered them. Uh, so I shoved in uh, two Chandra's main board and two Which Torch. Which Torch. Torch of Defiance? And nice. two okay. Royal Scions. Yeah, I've got one Royal on my main. I also have one Sahili main. Not sure that Sahili's uh, super great. Like, it doesn't match up well against Steel Leaf Champion. But it was nifty to start copying Phoenixes. Like, that was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I did like the Royal Scions in the main deck. Um, I actually played Lightning Axe because it was a great way to kill the random, you know, turn two five fives that were. Oh yes, around. I wish I had Lightning Axes. Uh, I would never play Chandra mainboard. That card is not good mainboard. Gotcha, gotcha. It's a good, good uh, insight. The Royals were way better than I could have ever hoped. Yeah, I was. I agree with you. The Royals were were pretty hot. I was like not super excited about their plus one abilities, but um, giving you know some first strike and tramples definitely made blocking hard. I also took. Uh, I didn't play Crackling Drake. I played two Young Pyromancer. How'd you like that? I'm, I'm a little low on Crackling Drake, but again, I think it, it I is pretty hard to kill this quite fight, a bit, so. Especially with the Royals, to like just randomly just yeah. like three power a token and push it through. Yeah, um, yeah I guess the Young Pyramids is pretty similar to what I was doing with Sahili. The, uh, he's just a small threat, and clogs up the board, makes the black decks try to find some board sweeper. Yeah, I like him because honestly, like he eats fatal pushes maybe before your thing in the ice. Mm-hmm. So like, I would definitely be deploying my uh, my young pyromancers before. Thing in the ice is the definitely ice the best killed. card in the deck. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. I, I would argue that like Phoenix to me, like if I had to go with one, like just because I'm always getting them back, like they can block and then come back pretty quickly. But yeah, thing in the ice definitely very strong. All right, uh, and I just to add in here real fast, I was playing twenty five lands like a real magic player. There you go. That's uh, real magic. I have, I, have to, I have to work for my land drops. That's right. right. Uh, I you know, I have to actually pay for my four or five mana spells. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, what else is in here? What let's look at the differences here. Um, let's look at the Skulgari Soulfire deck. What is what is different about this deck? <laughs> that's that's a that's a nifty one. That's a nifty one. Um, this deck needs this deck gets to play four Deathrite Shaman. This deck does get to play four Deathrite Shaman. Yeah. That is something for sure. It is definitely playing. Uh, yeah. It also gets to play one Chromanticore. And Chromanticore, for those who don't know, is. Uh, Wooburg casting cost enchantment creature that's a 4-4 with flying, first strike, vigilance, trample, lifelink. Uh, and if you really want to bestow it for two in a Wooburg, it shares all those abilities as well. Uh, mostly that's just the word soup to feed to our soul flayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, also she some spicy all in the soul flayer. on Zilpata. Zilpata. Zilpata is all in on that. Uh, Kermanticore. Uh, Night Veil Prayer is another good one. Soulfire's just... Yeah, he's, pretty, he's definitely pretty hard in there. He's definitely fine in that. But, I mean, he's getting there with Grizzly Salvages. He's got Once Upon a Time's, like... He's playing the broken cards in Standard. The the Once Upon a Time and Traverse the Even World. Traverse the Even World is a very, very strong tutor. Um, I think we're going to see more of that card uh, going forward. I mean, and he's got, tutoring uh, for things is pretty strong. I think I think a card I like here, because it does become a consistent threat while you feed stuff to your yard to your soul players in Lotless Troll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. was a big fan of that card. Uh, Lotless Troll and Hazret are two good cards to sort of get rid of these dead cards out of your hand into the yard to feed your soul flares. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we're talking about soul flare. Uh, for those that don't know, soul flare is a delve creature for four in black, black with delve. It's a four, four, uh, that if you exile a creature card with its delve ability, it has flying. Uh, the same is true for 
uh, first strike, double strike, death touch, haste, hexproof, indestructible, lifelink, reach, trample, and vigilance. If those creatures you exile with the Delve ability had those abilities, yeah. yeah, it basically gets the abilities of the creatures that, that it ate for the most part. Doesn't get infected, I don't think. No, though. or Bushido yeah, too. Get... Or, or Bushido. Bushido. How about uh, how about some how about some banding? To get some banding in uh, there, it, it does have graft three though. Ooh, spicy keywords. Uh, of course, the mono black deck here, uh, the same seventy five, the same sixty main board as uh, Alex Hot, ha- or sorry, as uh, Chris Barone's uh, winning deck in the Invitational, uh, with some big sideboard differences. Not really big sideboard differences. Uh, he's on Blight Beetles. What does and, this card do? Uh, uh, Blight Beetle is. It has pro green, and it's a way to beat the hardened scales decklist. Huh? It stops all walking ballistas. In black. It stops mm-hmm. all walking ballistas. That is correct. That's some hot tech. That's actually right there. pretty good. Definitely a good include. And speaking of walking ballistas, we also have this Wagari Agro list. That's actually, I'm pretty sure it's just hardened scales if the decklist loads. Yeah, it's the white constrictor decklist. Uh, so hopefully this is an actual Wagari Agro deck, unlike the last one. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. This one. Well. This is the scales deck list. I don't know why it's called aggro on this sheet, on this page, as opposed to... I mean, it beats down. It's like more of the constrictor sure, deck, like we're... Like... I'm, I'm just saying because on the, uh, the Invitational Top 8, it is, that deck is listed as hard to scale, as Golgari scales, mm-hmm. and this one's Golgari aggro. What a voracious hide well, is that? It to me oh, because, like they're, like, they're not playing the best green-black cards. Like, they're definitely pushing for the white and constrictor aspect and not playing, like, the... Um, no assassins trophies in here that I see. No, uh, no abrupt decays, anything like that. Like yeah, outside of voracious hydra and walking ballista, there's no main board hard removal. Yeah, there's no I, no removal here. They're just and I like the style. Like you're uh, just going Vivian in. Vivian right? does like, Vivian does fight. So yeah, there's, they have yeah, some voracious answers, hydra. Like, they have walking ballista, right? Like yeah, voracious, well, I'm, right? I'm, we, I'm saying there's no like dedicated like removal spells. Yeah, and he said he said voracious hydra. Like I said, I I I like the style of list though. This is probably the way to go. I would assume. Just like jamming your elvish mystics and your land war elves and like trying to ramp up. I like, to I like the artifact creature up. package more. I like the, like he's got the hangerbacks in the board here. I like the hangerbacks. I like the uh, steel overseers. The uh, I I've played uh, multiple times against a guy with the steel overseer package. Like we've talked a lot about it. Like right now it's too slow, unfortunately. Like we we played a lot of games and it's just like it's too slow. Like walking like it's scary that that's the case but still overseer on two trying to tap to plus something like unless you're giving counters to a bunch of dudes like you'd rather just be playing a nissa or a, or a whatever and then like the artifact creatures like aren't as good as just playing like creatures that just do good things anyway like your stone cold serpents your voracious hydras um and you like so you still got to walking blisters but it just doesn't do anything on its own and that's just that's just the downside that we noticed hopefully there's a word where that deck does exist because i think the artifact package is sweet but I have definitely noticed that it's just too slow when you can be playing a bunch of Lana Worlds and powering out your spells. Oh, yeah. And so what about, what about this, uh, this team or aggro list here? I mean, it looks kind of like is, the standard food it's deck. just a standard deck, is, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. You're playing, you're playing your Glorybringers, right? you got your Glorybringers. But... I, I wouldn't call it directly a standard list. It's definitely a standard in the sense it is four Gilded Goose, Wicked Wolf, and uh, Oko Thief Crowns. Mm. But we've got, like, Stubborn Owls here. Uh, we've got Glorybringers, Tron to Torture Defiance. Uh, is this deck more mid-range, though, than aggro? Yes. Yeah, I guess a, so, right? Yeah. This is an Oko deck. This is a good Oko deck. We don't we don't have two mana creatures that are beating down, or even really three mana creatures, right? Like Bone Crusher Giant, maybe? Heart of Kieran is really good with Oko, because he has infinite loyalty, so... 
<laughs> yes, infinity loyalty. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Look, pretty guys, good. if your opponent is alting their Oko, you've done something horribly wrong in that game. I, I don't know, dude. I've turned on many a stream and seen just an Oko sitting at eleven because, like, they didn't even care to exchange. They just that's, wanted to make that's food. That's what and I'm saying. Threes. Your yeah. opponent has taken pity on you if they are minusing right. that Oko. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I've seen them at eleven. So this seems like a good way to use that extra Oko, uh, extra Oko loyalty because he just has so much. And then He's so course, much to give. And of course, at the end here, your guy's heartstrings, blue red phoenix. Mm. Love me some phoenix. Makes my heart warm. This guy is playing. Uh, play... <laughs> Talk to me about the one of Murfolk secret keeper. I don't like the the veil secret keeper package. I've seen the adventure package. I do like merchant more than secret keeper. Is it a package if it's just two? If it's just two adventures? <laughs> but it really is though, because there's like there's that two creature spot. Like you want ten creatures in the deck, right, and like so yeah. you get like okay, I've got my four thing in the ice. I've got my four Arclight Phoenix. What else do I play? And a lot of people are just like two Crackling Drake, and I said two Pyromancer, and some people say two Merchant, some people say two Secret Keeper, and this guy said I one like, of each, please. Is is milling four mm. enough in this format? There's you don't have a way to buy it back. Uh, interesting to see because like Tome Scour is a card in this format that just mills five. Yeah, but this so can I'm block to see if, in like, the mono black matchup. Well, I okay. hear you, and maybe I'm assuming that's the reason that they played it. But like, I'm just wondering if uh, if the one card is. I mean, I guess it is, right? Like, it's it's a lot of value here. Like, you get to block some stuff, so maybe that's the thing. What do you, what do you think of the one of Quicken? Do you want to cast Instant Speed Treasure Cruise? No. The one of Quicken, the one of Quicken is pretty is pretty cute. I think it was probably like they didn't really care to um, play the the red cantrips. Sure. Uh, and this can definitely just help with that, right? Like you get to play strategic plannings. Like you get to leave open uh, Is It Charm, and that's sure. a pretty big one, I think. So um, speaking of red cantrips, Chris, I know you and I were talking in passing about you think it's possible to play just straight up mono red phoenix. Do you want to talk about that real fast? Yeah, I, it's just one of those things that, like, talking about, like, cards you could be playing. Like, I think there's a lot of budget versions of decks that are, like, totally fine. And at least right now, and, and again, maybe not, but again, you, you get to play, like, as many shocks as you want to try and fight off the green stuff. I think there's definitely a version of the deck that seems playable to me that's either, like, mono-red or red-splashing green for maybe some, um... Uh, which command were we talking about earlier, Ruckman? Atarkus Command. Which we were talking a Tarkus command, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought yeah, you said. Yeah, sorry, I thought you said. I thought you said commander. Sorry, no, yeah. Which uh, which command? Um, and so I think like you know you've got enough cards like you've got lightning axes uh, and you have thrill of possibility even if you want to. And there's one more where we're talking about where you get to discard a card. Oh, and you've got haggle, right? Haggle lets you discard cards and like you can power out somebody just you know with the cheap cantrips you can power those out. They pump your your prowess guys. In this version of the deck we're talking about, we're talking about playing four monastery mentor and uh, four soul scar mage. Right. And then probably even like a young Pyromancer or something like that. And but then just, just some cheap threats. And then Phoenix is just a convenient card. I don't know. Right it feels like, because you're trying to, I, I get where you're going. with trying to make it more budget with a, by removing like the Steam Vents and the, and the Spire Bluff Canals. But like, like Soulscar mm -hmm. Mages are like up to $8 right now. And I think Swiss Spears are about almost the same. And then oh, really? the Phoenix yeah, my, is the, like the last time each right now too. This is true. The, the last time I looked at this, the Soulscar Mages were like five bucks and, and pretty pretty widely available at five. If they've gone up, like it doesn't do a whole lot for you. Like again, if you want to pick it up, but like you know, if you were just looking to go mono red, like and save some money on lands, I mean that can be a big difference. Like I, it um, is it is safe to say that uh, I think the secondary market as well shows that this warrant's very real. I think we are seeing a tick up in prices. Of yeah, a, lot of a little cards. unfortunate. I, I feel like there's some cards that are just kind of like going up because. Um, 
And again, I, I just don't like that. Like, this is such a fun open format right now. Uh, I think it's like kind of the way the way I like to play Magic. Right? People are playing a ton of different decks. People are having fun. Like, you can just kind of bring say, something. I, to play I it. think there are still some good value buys out there. I For think sure. cards like Fleece Man Lion, Rakshasa Death Dealer. There's a lot of cards like that that I think could still see play. Even like Siege Rhino, if something its time comes, is sitting around yeah. like two dollars right now. I think there's still a lot of good ways to buy them. But we're seeing a lot of the current, uh, I would say, pillars of the format. Uh, yeah, my my mono red phoenix is not board. the most budget friendly. I, it's like you said. I think there are a lot of cards you can play to like if you wanted to play gold or aggro. There's a lot of ways you can play it that are like that are budget, like by downgrading some creatures or in a lot of decks. There's some ways to kind of downgrade some cards and still be good because there's so many cards in those formats. You mentioned those siege rhinos. I know where they are. They're all at my locals. There were three people trying uh, playing siege rhino decks. And how'd it go for them? I beat one of them. Okay. And it was hard because I didn't have lightning axes. But if I had lightning axes, yeah. I feel like that matchup would be okay. It does get a lot easier with the wood. Do you know how the other ones were doing? Are we, are we? Was it Rhino Extinction here, or were they doing? Were they okay out in the wild? I, mean, I played surviving? against. I think everybody there except for me was on a GBX deck. Okay. Because uh, I played against the the Seasons Pass deck, and then I played against Rhinos, and then I played against Green White, Selesnya Tokens, Avacyn, Voice of Resurgence stuff. Okay, got it. So, um, I went undefeated. So. Sure. All right, so I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, as we've seen, Mono Black kind of king of the format right now, uh, with Mono Green right behind. I'd say it's actually a pretty close race to see. Yeah, I, I would is. argue Green's in in front with Mono Black. You know, not too far behind. Uh, I mean, sure, uh, but it's easy. I mean, but so before this PTQ, I think we've seen Mono Black come out on top twice in major events. So, sure, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I said, I definitely think there's there's cases for either. I just like. Green's been so good for so long. I mean, sure. so long being the three weeks the format's been around. <laughs> but like I said, you're you're the ki- in my big book. You're the king until you're not. So Green's still on top. And the bands definitely show sure. who the king has been. So I mean, definitely. Let's talk about some decklists. Let's talk about some cool yeah, decklists. Let's go to some deck lists. Which uh, all right. Uh, so we've gone through the most recent league that got posted. So we went through the most recent deck, most recently. Let's talk about some of these lists. Yeah, let's go. Let's see the one that came out here on the twenty first. Yep. Uh, so why don't you guys pick a deck list? And let's go ahead and um, I'm going to start with the real budget deck of this format. Is it in Seoul? Um, yeah. Talked a little bit about this last week. We got this list by Lewis B. here that went 5-0 and in the league uh, just today. Um, I think this deck is, if you're looking for the affordable deck in this format, it is definitely here. The Steam Vents and Spire Bluff Canals can easily be uh, mitigated because of Spire of Industry and Shivan Reef. Really helping out your mana mm-hmm. already, so... This deck does play like 16 dual lands that all come into play untapped. So if you just have two Spire Bluffs or just like uh, like a Steam Vents and you need to play some Sulphur Falls or some Basics, I think this is the deck that can definitely handle that, especially because most of your cards are just colorless. For sure. This is another one of those decks that I was kind of thinking like, I, I don't think that there's a big problem like if you needed to, just going mono blue. Like this obviously like much cheaper since you don't have to pick up Phoenix and Soul Scar Mages. Um, but like you know, you can play Curious Obsession. You can play uh, more Stubs. You can play um, you know, right. whatever. So this some, list here is playing with, Metallic Rebuke instead of Stubborn Denial. Yes, yeah, yeah. What, and what do you feel about that? Like it kind of interesting to me because like you have several ways to make five fives. Like do you think it's too inconvenient? Like again, a lot of times just like a sensor is fine. So like do I you like think Metallic Rebuke quite some stubs, a bit. Or? It's got two yeah? Stubborn Denial mm-hmm. on the board here, which I think is fine. Yeah. Um, it's also playing two Antiquities War, which is the hottest. That's pretty interesting. But, like, the slower matchups. My only thing... Yeah. My only thing against Metallic Rebuke is you do have to, like, convoke the artifacts, I believe. It doesn't just, like, have affinity for artifacts. You have to tap those artifacts. For sure, for sure. But, like, what is your Ornithopter doing if it's not a 5-5? 
What is your own effect for doing it? You can always tap your ghost fire blades. That you can. For sure, for sure, for sure. They tend to stay intact. Um, I love Skilled Animator. I think that's a really cool card. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with playing four of that? I mean, I've seen some lists playing less than four somewhat recently. Um, I do agree that if you're playing four Skilled Animator with four in soul, then you probably should just be playing all the Stubborns instead of the Metallic Rebukes. Mm -hmm. But um, I like three, definitely. Um, Okay. I like Ghost Fire Blade. I like Smuggler's Copter. Once again, if you want to budget out this deck a little more, Smuggler's Copters are not too expensive, but still, like you can just run some Aether Sphere Harvesters, and they will okay. they will rock yeah. it just fine. In fact, I think you should be playing like one or two in the board anyway. So just to gain some life against the, the other against like Mono Black or? and like the Red Burn deck, like mm-hmm. those cards are just sort of invaluable. Yeah. They're three fives. Yeah, they, they block they everything. They block a lot. Yeah. Block everything. Against block Mike. rankle. Exactly rankle want. stays out of the air. We blocking rankle. Yeah, exactly. Over here. Yeah. You're not you're not ranking me today. Um. All right. Um, yeah. The next week. Uh, I went ahead and I of course picked blue white control. Uh, it's deck list uh, piloted by Lab Monkey. Uh, pretty similar to what I was playing. Uh, I had a Gideon in the sideboard. I was on two Narset, three Teferi, Time Raveler, uh, only two Hero of Dominaria. I was on. A Trenchal Gearhulk, uh, he's not running any of them. Uh, what I do like, though, is he's, he's on a direct win con with Approach the Second Sons. Uh, he's also upped his Dig Through Time count here. Uh, no Sphinx Revelation, uh, but he's on a full four sensor. Uh, two Absorb, I definitely think Disallow's probably better. Um, I think there's a lot of abilities that are good to be countering this format, as opposed to gaining three life. I think if we see the aggro decks, I'm sure that throw is going to matter. But I feel like you have enough ways to sort of dull that that uh, it's better just to be have the option to counter some abilities here. Uh, he's also on a Blessed Alliance in the main. Uh, oh, I love me some Blessed Alliance. Two Seal Away, two Cast Out, one Search for his Kanta. Cast Out I think is fine. I'm not a big fan of Seal Away. Uh, I definitely think I'd rather be playing Azorius Charm. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I do think Detention Sphere is a good card to be playing right now. Maybe over the cycle ability of cast out. Uh, two mutavolts in the main, I think, are kind of interesting here. Ooh, uh, that's I'm, I'm playing Castle Vantress instead. Uh, the mutavolt is an interesting one to try and close out some games here, or, or just block as you need to. But I really don't want to be throwing out my uh, my lands out there to block. I don't feel like. Uh, and I'm also on some field of rune. I think field of rune is another good card to be looking out for, especially with all the Nykthos running around, things like that. Um, and then he's on... yeah, what's up? You tried to play some Fae of Wishes in that deck at first, right? How did you, you, you... I think you ended up cutting that, is that right? Yeah, I actually didn't even get to the door with the Fae of Wishes mm. in the deck list still. I think it's definitely a card that can be looked at, uh, but I just, I just... I think it's a little too awkward. Uh, yeah. I, I like the idea of it a lot, and maybe it's something to mess around with uh, later on, but right now I just kind of didn't want to... I just kind of want to go in, play a set control plan, and sort of get there. I didn't really want to take the time off of my game plan to be fave wishing for stuff. I just kind of wanted those to already be there in the deck. Makes sense. I think fave wishes slows your uh, control plan down a little bit more. I think that the fave wishes is much more suited for like the fires decks we've been seeing. That no, I, I definitely that's definitely what I think. I agree with that too. I mean, you're not even really fave wishing until you have a substantial amount of mana anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so why even worry about having to have the extra four mana to play your spell or just having the spell already in your deck list? Hmm. So yeah, I think this, this sideboard here is pretty solid. Uh, Mystic this, Mystical Dispute, I think, is a is going to be one of the key cards of this format for, for counter spells going forward. Detention Spheres, uh, Ashiok, I'm not super into, uh, but you know it's all right. Uh, you're really only going to be catching Fable Passage. 
shuts off the Golos decks. It does. That is true. A little bit, yeah. I mean, I've seen those decks play some Hour of Promise, like, and that's why, like, there's definitely a lot of uh, Golos. And when I say Golos, I mean Field of the Dead at my uh, locals. We're seeing 18 players, I and mean, there's like a quarter of the players are playing uh, uh, Field of the Dead, it feels like. But yeah. um, it gets them a little bit, uh, for sure. But like I said, they can still just draw a bunch of cards and play lands. Uh, one card that I did want to point out to in the sideboard is Aether Gust. I think it's a really strong include here. Uh, to tuck away those big red or green threats, and I think we're putting we're tucking away a, a very specific uh, five mana green planeswalker. Uh, is it a planeswalker that may or may not shake the earth? I think that it's very okay. true. It's a good thing to tuck away. Also, tuck away like ember cleave pretty well. That's pretty depressing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so what, uh, Chris? What decklist do you want to talk about? Yeah, I've got um, one here that I, I was a little bit excited about, something different. I know some of these decks we kind of talk about on, on multiple weeks, but it just I like seeing them uh, go you know, uh, do consistently. This is, this is definitely a little bit different. Um, this is a, a mono-white deck, and we haven't seen a ton of those. This is just uh, piloted by Logic Void, who 5-0'd in that uh, league on the 21st. And his take is, is pretty sweet. His take is playing four uh, SRAM, which typically you see in like the Cheerios decks. And the mostly. Boggles decks. But his idea... And the Boggles what's that? decks. Yeah, and the Boggles deck for sure, and this is like a semi Boggles deck actually. Like this is this is his attempt to beat some turn two and turn three five fives coming out. Um, he's actually playing a, a big bestow package. Um, this is one that I'm not going to go through every card because probably don't even I don't even know every single card or what they do, and uh, I would have to explain them. This one is uh, definitely one I'm going to be tweeting out though. So if you want to see this list, um, definitely just hit us up on Twitter. Um, but it's basically playing a bunch of bestow creatures with that SRAM because it does get. Uh, he does draw cards for auras. And then uh, his big one that I want to uh, point out is playing Helm of the Gods, which is an artifact that costs one and is one to equip, and the creature gets plus one, plus one for each uh, enchantment that you have. So that makes your little guys um, battle with those five fives pretty well. A couple Banishing Light for removal, uh, and then just uh, various armor things. There's one more interesting card I really want to put in here. He's playing a God's Willing. Um, I really do like um, Brave the Elements is one that I'm a big fan of in this format. I think you're going to see more of that come out if white decks become a thing. So uh, this is this is kind of a new take on this deck that I think was kind of exciting because it's definitely, you can see it's trying to combat the, the turn two five fives and seems like it did pretty well on this day. Sure. Uh, okay, Ricky, let's go back to you. What's another deck with you? All right. Got this Kethos combo deck. I am definitely in the party of trying to break Mox Amber. And this deck definitely wants to do that. Uh, how much uh, how much stock in Mock Amber do you have? I just have six Mock Ambers. Okay, alright. Just the Paltry yeah, 6. Yeah, just the Paltry right. 6. Um, not even the most expensive card in this deck. The most expensive card in this deck um, probably being like Mana Confluence. Oh my gosh, that card. Um, yeah. uh, embarrassingly. Or Oko. But yeah, this deck yeah. gets to play almost entirely legendary cards. Uh, it's definitely Oko. Mana Confluence is worth... You can get two Mana Confluences for an Oko. Ooh. What? Are you sure? Medical was like forty dollars. Mana confluence is about. Uh, I'm looking here. Twenty twenty. Four mana confluence, one twelve, three oko, one thirty six. So I think. Oko is oko hmm. forty five. Yeah. So this deck here, it's got Kethis. It's gonna utilize the fact that we're just filling our yard with all these legends to try to loop two Mox Ambers, and then either get you by just infinite manas or casting cards from our hand. Or yard, 
Oh, or we're going to eventually find a diligent excavator. And we do play also for Lazav, the Multifarious, which is sweet, and for Fibblethip, the Lost. Mm-hmm. Like, these are just awesome cards to be playing. Hope of Giraper, it lets you silence. You've got, a, you've got a Jason there to lab me yeah. up, too. Yes, Isn't you do. That right? So you can mill yourself if your opponent is, like, behind a uh, a shroud. Uh, not shroud, a uh, ley line. Mm-hmm. Hope of Giraper. Mm-hmm to shut your opponent uh, up for when you are going off. And then he also sacrifices, so then you can exile him for Kethis to use the ability. And Emery builds our yard and also lets us recast our Mox Amber. She doesn't go infinite by herself in this deck, but she is a very nice piece of this well-oiled combo machine. And then just a little safety valve of an Urza's Ruinous Blast to one-sided board wipe our opponent. Hold on, I'm sorry. I just... uh just now realized uh, what Hope of Gearper's art is. I always thought it was kind of a weird, uh, like, flying contract. I realized it was kind of just an atom bomb in the hangar bay. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Never mind, continue. I just... Sure, fair enough. I think this deck is sweet. I think that this deck is... Once again, I'm in love with these stupid expensive decks, but uh, this deck is... Yeah, R- Ricky again, once, bring, once again, bring us another $900 yeah, deck. Yeah, another $900 deck. Mm-hmm. I mean, this deck is really cool. It plays a lot of really cool cards. It plays a lot of really unfun cards like Fairy Time Raveler, and I'm all about ruining fun. Well, I tell you what, you and uh, I definitely had a lot of fun playing Fairy Time Raveler. My uh, Marvel opponent did not, uh, but I definitely agree with you. <laughs> Fairy Time Raveler is a fun card to be playing in this format. So go ahead, Chris, with another one. Okay, um, this is another one that I've kind of talked about before. I'm just high on spirits. Um, I think that Spirits should be played blue-white and not Bant, is my opinion right now. I think it's just too tough to play that third color, and you're really just trying to get uh, your collected companies out. So, like, I've definitely seen more success out of just the blue-whites. Um, this deck I thought was interesting. This is piloted by uh, Sideshow, uh, another 5-0 from the 21st. And he's playing some Gideon Ally of Zendikar. He's playing some main deck Teferi. And then actually two main decks settle the wreckage, which I thought was pretty hot. Um, this is another one where, hey, our boy Spellquiller, our hot take for last week, is uh, coming up big. And then again, you know, Selfless Spirit is just, uh, I think, what kind of keeps this deck in the game, right? Like, especially if you're, there's not a ton of control out there, but when there is, that boy is, is hot. He's protecting your other guys. Um, this guy's got four Brazen Borrowers, which is pretty interesting. But another card I'm pretty high on is Brazen Borrower. I think it just, it answers a lot of things, and, you know, especially when you're trying to be tempo, sets your opponent back on time that, there's not a ton of time in this format. This format isn't the fastest, it's not the slowest, um, uh, but a lot of people, again, powering out turn 2 and turn 3 five fives. it can get real fast if you let it. This deck's got 4 Reflector Mage to deal with your opponent's quick starts, and uh, kind of what it's doing. So, just another good uh, blue-white take. There's not, a, there's not a ton of spirit um, synergy here. It's probably just blue-white that happens to play some spirits, if I have to be honest, but it's kind of a sideshow's take on this list, and did pretty well with it. Uh, my second deck list I want to poke at here is uh, Shulrak 123's Rakdos Midrange list. Um, what we're seeing here is some a- Gifted Aetherborn, uh, some Cletus, some Murderous Rider, uh, only one Rankle, some Glorybringers, uh, four Glintsleeve Siphoner, uh, a package of Thoughtseize and Coligan's Command, uh, with this little bit of removal package here with some Harness Lightning, four Fatal Pushes, one Legion's End, one Dread Bore. Uh, I think the here is just a sort of a bigger, uh, beefier version of those mono black decks. Uh, adding some red here, I think, for some good effects in cards like Coligan's Command and Glorybringer. I think those are two very interesting cards we're playing. Tronic Horse Five is also not one to scoff at. 
Uh, I do like Glitzleaf Siphoner here uh, for that extra draw power in the deck list. Uh, but I think what really draws you to this deck list is the four Thoughtseize, four Coligans Command. Uh, I maybe want to see that Rankle count up he here a little bit. Uh, Cletus, I think, is a fun one to be playing. Uh, yeah, this deck is just uh, trying to sort of uh, get some board presence here and eventually hit its big spells in Glorybringer and just be disrupting its opponent, your opponent. So I think it's a pretty straightforward deck list here. Uh, nothing too crazy going on. I just think it's presenting a good game plan that I could get behind and just sort of disrupting your opponent right now. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of good... Um... You know variations on some archetypes in case you know you're high on a particular card. You can probably find one of these lists that we're talking about with the card that you want to play in there, and start from there or kind of play your own version. Definitely, yeah, I like this list. I think that four Glorybringer is ambitious in this format. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think the rankle count could be up to two or three. I'm pretty big fan of Glorybringer. I think a lot of times it's like if you're playing Glorybringer, it's your plan. It's your plan. Wow, um, and something you're probably ramping into. You know, I typically see Glorybringer. Played with green, obviously not always, but um, when it's played with green, people are playing for because they're trying to get to that, try and kill opponent still leave champions and you know whatever dude they've played early in the game. He's got uh, my boy Angrath the Flame Chain in his board, so I'm all yeah. for this deck. Dang, there yeah. we go. Yeah, I definitely also think um, I like Infinite Ward a lot in this type of deck list. You know, it's a little slower than the the mono black deck list we've been seeing. Uh, two three life linker definitely blocks a lot of aggressive creatures in this format. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it doesn't do much against those soul creatures. Uh, well, it doesn't not it doesn't do much against the flying ones. Uh, yeah. you, you know, you or the, uh, one. Indestructible yeah, one. the animated uh, dark steel citadel. Four of my binder. Dark steel That's citadel. what it is. Dark steel. Citadel. Yeah, I definitely think gift aether one's a good card to be looking at playing in this format. Probably not in those mono black aggressive decks. Uh, but if you're sort of in like a slower mono, slower black deck, I think Gift of the Aetherborn's a good include in those deck lists. Can't be, uh, that thing can't block Steel Leaf Champion is kind of one of the downsides to it. That's fair. That's definitely fair. Uh, so Ricky, what's your final deck list you want to talk about? Well, it wouldn't be me if I'm not talking about some really, really weird graveyard deck. So we got... Kethis wasn't enough? Kethis wasn't enough for me. Dredgeless Dredge wasn't enough for me, though I think I'm going to be playing that deck, but we'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, this is Demir Self Mill by Daniel underscore Garcia. Five owing this uh, Pioneer League this week today. My boy Daniel. Um, this has got the cat combo, cat oven combo, with the cauldron familiar, which is oven. We're fueling our yard with smuggler's copter. We've got prized amalgams, emeries to build our yard and recast some of our artifacts like smuggler's copter and witch's oven. We got scrap heaps, grounder, and citrus supplier. This deck is just all around awesome, and it plays four Elder Deep Fiend, because why not? It doesn't interact with our graveyard. Does it play? Does it play? Deck play Haunted it does play Dead. Four Haunted Dead. There you go. That's a good. That's a good one to sacrifice Elder Deep Fiend, to yes. Elder Deep Fiend reduce that cost by a lot. Mm -hmm. um, right, what What is it playing for removal? It plays two Fatal Push and two Thoughtseize. Okay. Yeah, In our modest. board, we've got all sorts more removal. It turns it almost into a control right. deck, and it's got it plays sure. three Unmoored Ego. I think a card that's not seeing a lot of play currently and I think as the format shakes down a little bit more this card can be good not main deckable or anything but I think this card is very good against yeah, like yeah. the the Golos the Phoenix the Ricky and I have uh, talked about a lot about an old lesson of playing too many of the cranial extraction effect a lot of times those cards aren't good especially if they're just lightning lightning your opponent's draw steps 
So it, definitely something you really need to be playing against like dedicated combo decks. A lot of time it's like not enough just to be like, I'm gonna get rid of your Glory Bringer, so, I'm gonna get rid of your Amber Cool, unless that's like part of a crucial combo that's winning you. The so game. Ricky, which version of the deck list do you like better? Do you like the Vivari version or do you like this blue black version? Well, I think this blue black version offers a little more dimensions, a little less maybe consistency in getting stuff into the yard. Um, but I do kind of like the Elder Deep themes in here a lot. Uh, Emery definitely gives you some interesting options here. Uh, and cat combo, the cat familiar, uh, just does give you uh, inevitability. Um, I like this list a lot. I was already looking at trying to play Smuggler's Copter in my Golgari Dredgeless Dredged list, which I, I have purchased, so we're going to be playing the Golgari list first. I might transition into this deck later. But, like, uh, yeah, no, it's, I think that Copter's a really good addition, lets you... Get those prized amalgams, those haunted deads, those cards stuck in your hand, out of your hand, which is uh, unfortunately something that the dredgeless dredge list, as it stands, couldn't do. Sure. So, um, and like it just can't cast the prized amalgam. Like this deck can cast prized amalgam, and dredge, dredgeless dredge mm. cannot. So, I do think this deck might be a little bit better. Um, the Elder Deep Fiend is good, but I don't know. It seems really weird it's, it's, in this deck. I would say, is four, is, four, is four too much? I don't think four is too much, because I think any time you play Elder Deep Fiend, you play four. But mm -hmm. I, I mean, definitely, it's, it's definitely not doing points. as cool of stuff as it was doing in that blue-red deck last week. In the, in the Phoenix list, sure. But I do like this list still, with with the Elder Deep Fiend in it. I mean, you are sacrificing guys that typically come back. Right. Yeah, right? You do, I think, you I think that is the idea of it. But we're not also like wiping the board, and also getting a, to tutor our deck, and also... Getting our Phoenix token. Oh yeah, like so ultimately I agree with you, but I just I do. I'm does a that big stack? Fan call, of, uh, Elder Deep Fiend. Does that stack? Why I want it to? Because hacking the creature is part of paying the cost of Elder Deep Fiend. So casting Elder Deep Fiend triggers Coligan's command and triggers the Phoenix. So I can stack it so that Coligan's command happens and then I get like, my Phoenix egg. But Coligan's command are you talking about return. the uh, yes? Coligan's return. Uh, I'm a really bad L two judge. Uh, but I think that works. Uh, I'd have to obviously sit down and read the cards here, just sort of dropping this at me. Uh, I believe that does work. Uh, but if anyone wants to comment and tell me I'm wrong, I will the say... The little phoenix? The rekindling phoenix. Which phoenix? phoenix. Yeah. The rekindling phoenix. The one that leaves the egg. Oh. Oh, yeah. But either way, this deck is <laughs> sweet. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. And then, uh, Chris, what's your last deck list? My last list is something that we were kind of, um, at least me and Ruffin were talking about actually before we even started this podcast, which was like, what are we really not seeing a lot of? And the answer was tokens. And here's a Crazy Clicker with a, with a 5-0 tokens list. And um, another one that I'm, I'm not going to go through every card. We're going kind of late here, so probably another one that I'll tweet out for you guys to uh, check the list if you want to. But some token makers, some sapperling my, uh, migrations, some uh, venerated loxodons. Um, to take advantage of making a bunch of tokens, uh, but it's you know kind of the the take on that. It's got a couple of smugglers copters, a couple of the um, cards you'd think you'd see just in a, in a lot of decks these days. Do Tremokas command? Uh, I'd like to see if I could uh, talk to him just like what what they think that did for them. Um, I don't. I'm not super high on that card right now, but again, maybe I'm wrong. It's just playing two, what, so what, maybe it's just okay. a card. What, what about out. that card? Do you not like? I think Tremokas command has classically been a very good card. I think it could be good in this format. Uh, what, you cut out there. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm just saying that, um, you know, I think Jeroka's Command has been classically a good card, 
and mm-hmm. I think can be a good card. But what about it do you not like? Yeah, I just I think the other commands are doing a lot more right now, and I think that there's just it's a very big, powerful card pool. So like, it's not adding plus one plus one counters to all of your creatures for one more mana than what that card did, right? Like you can just play a uh, uh, one of the Nisses and just minus to it if you really want to go that hard on it. So like, it just gives plus one plus one. It fights. Um, so it just it doesn't do as many things, or like the abilities on it aren't as cool for the mana you're investing. But again, that's why there's only two of them. So again, maybe if I saw it in play, I'd believe differently. But uh, yeah, basically this this guy is uh, making some tokens. He's got an ally of Zendikar. He does actually have a couple misses in here. Um, not the full four though. And then some Love Struck Beast. Um, just some pretty cool tokens. List I'd recommend recommend you guys check out. Something we were talking about, just not seeing a lot of, just being hard to attack into all the five fives that are running around. And again, your small tokens can't block like. Um, Steel Leaf Champions that might be running around. Uh, but, you know, pretty pretty interesting take. This guy decided tokens was going to be good, and he was going to try and make it work, and had some success. I love the appeal Very to cool. authority. That card's insane, I think. Um, mm-hmm. However, I do say, like, I think Tristani Discordant or Love Struck Beast, I think you have to pick, because that nonbo is real. Sure. With Tristani Discordant in play, Love Struck Beast cannot attack. It's, no, only, it's, only, it's only, yeah. It's only running two Because all your creatures will be anthemed, and so you won't have a 1 1. Mm, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, Tristani's yeah. only a two of those, so like, I'm not super worried about running into that, but I do agree that it's kind of a problem. Uh, but honestly, I feel like in this deck, more often than not, I, I think yeah, you're just kind of looking for that 1 1 human, that early token, right? Yeah, and this is a green white list. I should have been more more clear about that. It's a green white like this. list. It only plays one Castle Arden Veil. I'm surprised that's the. It's only one. Um, but again, maybe you have better things to be doing with your mana. I, I would think this the deck at least deserves another one or two because you do really want to like probably be drawing that card for turns. It, it does already have Legion's Landing though, and I think Adanto the first four is just the better Castle Ardenvale. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you flip it, I mean that that is uh, that is a good point. And Westfield Abbey, which I think Westfield Abbey is one of the best payoffs for the token deck right now. Yeah, should, yeah, just a one of them on Westfield Abbey. Should that Westfield Abbey be like a two of or more? No, maybe maybe a two of, but like. You need all your colors quite a bit in this deck, so you really can't just be taking yeah. lands off, you know? Like, we've already got yeah. Shuffet Dunes, which, like, I know it's not a land off color, but, like, we want to crack it later in the game, and that, that sort of can be weird. That's a card I've heard some, some hype about, actually, like, just being surprisingly, surprisingly powerful. I'm a little surprised so, not to see, I've heard uh, about. is it Hunting Village? The green-white one? Yes. I think it's something like along those lines. It's the it's the show land from from shadows. Yeah, it show, shows you how much play this land saw even in their own heyday. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Grold decks are playing game trail. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to add about your Slizzy deck here, Chris? I uh, just Cinder Cinder Tokens looks like Cinder. Someone I'm gonna tweet out. I don't want to go over like every every uh, deck, but just showing that tokens overall are. Are somewhere out there. I also want to know why no like March the Multitude. Yeah, like that's an interesting one, right? That card's got Convoke. Like that's that's one that I think is pretty strong. Again, I think that like there's if I was gonna make a tokens deck, or it would even, definitely look uh, secure the wastes. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this one like this guy got the five so Like he's probably you know thought about this more than me as far as tokens. But there's a couple couple things that I'm surprised. Like especially March of the Multitudes, I thought uh, would have earned a spot, but. Like it may, maybe it is just too slow. You know, I don't know, but yeah. um, it's a pretty pretty good card. At least some, at least one effect like that, I would have thought would have made it in. Especially over like the Nanbo, like where he was talking about between the Trostani and, and Love Circle, which I completely missed. I completely missed that card, uh, that version. So yeah, definitely. And but then, there's a lot of one ofs in this deck that like probably are them just trying to figure out like what should I be doing, right? Like playing some playing some cards to see. At least it feels to me like kind of when I do this, it's a way of getting like, well, let me play more cards and see what I like. 
Sure, and I think uh, I'm going to end this out here uh, with a look at, again, a deck I brought up last week, uh, but I, with some minor tweaks here. Uh, we do have Greenfield Ramp by SG uh, Cyrus, uh, which is, again, that same sort of Arboreal Grey's Elvish Rejuvenator, uh, and this is Pilgrimage Hour Promise Ramp deck into some big Ugins and some Ulamogs. Uh, what this deck list is adding here, though, is it's adding two Uvenwald Hydra, uh, which, of course, is a Star Star Hydra uh, equal number of lands on your battlefield. But what it does is it lets you search for land and put it on the battlefield tap. So this is kind of like an alternative to Golos uh, that will be doing a lot of damage to your opponent here. Uh, and it's playing four of Spatial Contortion, uh, which I think is a solid removal spell that makes use of some of your colorless lands you're running here. Uh, so again, just a similar deck list I talked about last week, uh, but a different take on it. It's also playing a Westdale Abbey, a card we did just talk about. Um, mm -hmm. So again, I think this deck list is interesting. I like it a lot. Uh, I think Ugin is a very good card to be playing right now in this format. Uh, some spicy sideboard cards. It's playing an Ugin's Nexus in the sideboard to get those uh, those Civic Nexus lists, which I think is kind of hot. Uh, Dampening Sphere is kind of interesting here. Distended Mindbender. Emrakul, the Promised End. I think Emrakul could probably be in the main board. Uh, but again, I do like this deck list a lot, and I do and I do like seeing it being tweaked with here. I like Uvenwall Hydra probably a little more than Golos. Uh, getting directly tutor for some of your lands and just having a big beater afterwards I think is a really good boon for this version of the decklist. Uh, so yeah, so that's sort of my take on this decklist. Uh, do you guys want to add anything on this decklist? So deck list? I have to add Ugin's Nexus. If that is in play and you cast Emrakul, you take your opponent's turn and your opponent does not no, it get go to again. get their bonus turn. Exactly. Um, that is something so I was talking about recently in this format. Uh, Ugin's Nexus possibly like seeing some play in the ramp decks that just want to cast Emrakul. Because that makes Emrakul absolutely devastating. Ugin's is only a 70 cent pickup right now. That's mm, not going to go up, but it's... I can believe. Look, if Chris can believe in Wishclaw Talisman, I can believe in Ugin's Nexus going over a dollar. Sure. It also true. is a... Uh, it, it does, in, in the Nexus matchup, it's like, you have to kill this, and if you kill this, I get an extra turn. Yeah, I think it definitely gives extra layer to the game here if you have that in play against the matchup it's really going to be good against um all right so with that let's talk about uh our events coming up for this week uh what do you guys what would you be playing if you're going ahead and going to play your pioneer events this week i'm gonna play the dredge deck i know the phoenix deck is probably okay. a little bit better but man i want to play this dredge deck i bought foil narcomibas foil Seder wayfinders uh, foil creeping chills. We're gonna we're gonna play some dredge. We're gonna blind our opponent and hope that's good. yeah. They won't be able to see that our cards mm, don't right. actually do anything. Sure. All right, Chris, what would you be playing this week? Um, this weekend, I really want to give it a try to see if it's uh, maybe more consistent or like more aggressive. Is the uh, uh, blue red version of the Insole Artifact deck? Um, and I might even try mono blue or just even throw, just throw some curious obsessions in there. I'm definitely going to do my own take on it. I like switching things up to just see if some of my ideas do work. But um, I just like the more I look at Ghost Fireblade, the more the more excited I am about it. And uh, just getting to play some some more Steam Vents is, is probably what I'm going to at least try this, uh, this upcoming weekend. Sure, uh, I think I'm going to play uh, that blue red that blue white spirits deck you like so much. Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely yeah. I'm a firm believer in that deck as well. I definitely just want to be playing some blue white cards in this format. Uh, and it's been a long time since I played a lot of Planeswalkers, and I can tell you what, that I probably made a lot of mistakes playing my Blue Light Control list this mm -hmm. last week. Uh, definitely going to help mitigate that. Uh, but at the same time, I do kind of want to show up with three fairy and make some people mad still. 
Uh, yeah, just having a way to shut down Marvel, like you just beat that deck, uh, is is pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, the way Teferi Hero Dominaria works uh, with Aetherworks Marvel is because of Teferi's static ability that makes you cast lower list opponents cast spells at sorcery speed. Uh, when they find their spell off Marvel, uh, they'd be casting it at speed. So their Marvel, if they activate, it, doesn't do anything. Hero Dominaria or Teferi Time Raveler? Teferi Time Raveler. Okay, gotcha. The static ability. Makes sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know we're running a little long. Uh, I kind of no, wanted fine, to. it's just... fine. It's fine. We're good. We're good. Okay, yeah. I kind of wanted to hit up uh, a card. You know, we did this. We did this last week. Cards you should or should not sure. be playing. I was definitely. I know that kind of next. So, uh, so if you want to take the wheel on what card you should or should not be playing, I, I have one that I really wanted to focus on just to kind of give some insights. One that I'm just a little surprised. I saw it come up in a, in a card search I was doing um, the other day, and just something I'm surprised we don't see a lot of. And again, I think it's because of the oppression of the. Of the green decks, but it's, it's Brimass. Um, that card was like everywhere uh, for a while. It's just a very, very efficient card. Three mana, three, four with vigilance that, that makes a, a little bonus buddy attacking or blocking. Um, just surprised, and again, I don't think that you should be playing it, but I just think it says something about the format that that card, like, just apparently seems unplayable. You know, I would think I would see it in some of these mono white decks that we're seeing, but it's just it's not in the there. worst color. It's just a card that is close to my heart. Yeah, it is. That's another thing, right? Like, that's why I was so impressed with the white deck showing up, is, like, you just, like, white's non-existent in this format. Unless it's played with another color, right? Like, you see, like, mono green, you see mono black, you see mono red, you just don't see a lot of mono white. That's why I kind of highlighted a deck this week that that did some uh, mostly white or mono white, um... But just not a you know not something you think of uh, or see a lot. I mean, of. Maybe if the mono green decks go away, maybe we are going to see some Brimaz, some like Fleece Main Lions, some of these more uh, solidly mid range strategies that aren't just sort of doing anything over the top, you know, anything crazy mm-hmm. going on, just trying to play a fair matchup. Maybe that's where these cards start start trying to show up here. Uh, Ricky, do you have a card that you want to talk about real fast? Cards you should or shouldn't play. Either. Yeah, okay. Whichever one. This is a pretty obvious one. I'm taking the low hanging fruit here. Uh, you should not be playing mm-hmm. Aetherworks Marvel. <laughs> right, that yeah. Deck, For the previously mentioned reasons. It gets stuffed by everything. Like, it gets stuffed yep. by Three Fairy. People are gunning for artifacts right now. Like, it takes for... Your Marvel gets countered yeah, by Spellcore. Yeah, it takes right? forever to... cat. Like, you need turn four. Or turn three if you've got, like, Goose. But if you're... If you're turn three, do you have the energy yet? Like, you need to play the Puzzle Knot. I feel like that deck goes yeah. off on like turn four, turn five, and at best it makes an Emrakul or an Ulamog, but I feel like you've been run over by then. Yeah, for sure. I've seen, some people get some Ugins out on me. Like, I definitely almost lost yeah. to an Ugin, um, you know, but again, it's like, you probably could just play green and ramp to your Ugin, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Oh, exactly. That's, I mean, that's the deck I keep trying to preach here, is those mono-green ramp decks into Ugin. Yeah. I think Ugin's a very good card right now that should be seeing a lot of play. Uh, not my pick. I think the card, my card... You should be playing a lot of is Settle Wreckage. Now, I don't think we we're going to go all in on four of Settle Wreckage, but I think if you're playing a white deck uh, with some controlling elements here, even just a white deck in general, uh, at least two, uh, one to two Settle Wreckages are going to be very, do a lot of good here, especially against the mono black decks or these decks that have a lot of good recursion in them we're seeing right now. Uh, it doesn't do a whole lot against the, mo- the, uh, the mono green deck list, obviously, but against like mono black and maybe some of the Insole decks, I think it's going to do a good good lot of work for you here yeah i like um i like that settle like a uh, sideshow here uh agrees with you the guy who i was talking about earlier um playing his um uh, mono white i guess it's white blue 
uh, deck. He's got two uh, Settle the Wreckage cards for that, like places where that shines, like against Phoenix. Like, just people aren't expecting it. You blow him out. Again, Phoenix at least was a couple weeks ago a pretty cheap deck to build. I'd be surprised if I don't uh, see, you know, quite a bit of it running around. Yeah, I was playing um, two Settle on my sideboard this week, so mm -hmm. definitely I think Settle Also good against the um, in Soul decks to get the uh, Darksteel Citadel we were just yep, talking about, yep, right? Yeah, Darksteel like, Citadel. You get yeah, there's not a ton of indestructible creatures around, but just just has some upsides well, and, to get some of those again, creatures. And then again, like the mono black aggro decks, uh, they're playing gutter bones, they're playing scrappy scrounger. Right. I've yeah. Seen, just I've seen some playing creatures. like dread wanderer, mm -hmm. uh, right. blood soaked champion. You know, all these very recursive creatures. Uh, you're just going to get these guys out of the way, and then those are the type of decks that the extra lands are going to do a whole lot for them, right? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think you have the best pick there is probably cards that like are going to be great going forward. I was just surprised, like you know, just saw Brimaz, and I was like, whatever happened to the kitty, man? Where'd the cats go? Sure, and of course, Chris, uh, let's finish off this segment with our, our weekly watch. Uh, how, how's Wishclaw Talisman doing? Am I eating one hey, yet? Hey, Wishclaw Talisman has shown up in the deck that I was thought it was probably made for, which is some odd nauseum running around. Okay. I've definitely seen it. It's uh, not made its way into some Pioneer just yet, but you know, we're at some point, when I stop registering Steam Vents, we're going to fix that. Okay, all right. Well, so Wishclaw Watch 2019, still ongoing as far as I'm concerned. And we'll it's not as widely played as I would like to see it play, but it's seeing some play. And it will be forever ongoing until the end of time. All right, so let's finish off here with our final segment, which is the hot takes. Uh, your reigning champion, uh, Chris here, is going to go up against me this week. Uh, Ricky will be our judge. Of course, how this is going to work, we each have 60 seconds to deliver the hottest take we can on the format. Uh, the judge will pick a winner, and we'll have a little bit of soapbox ending lead us out to the end of the show here. Alright, Ricky, uh, who gets to go first? Um, I think uh, the challenger gets to have the decision. Uh, you know what? Because uh, I don't think Chris is even going to come close to my idea. Uh, I want to uh -huh. hear him go first. Cause I, 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 I want to hear what he has to say. Okay, I've got a free win for you this week, Ruckman, and I know uh, you know, you're super excited to hear that. Not because I think my hot take is super bad, but like I have grown up with Ricky over here, and I know that Ricky unfortunately is not gonna like this take, just knowing knowing Ricky, uh, because he is not a fan of just like banning things. But uh, my hot take this week is ban Elvish Mystic. Uh, I think there are too many ways to ramp in this format. Like, there's too many Land War Elves. And so I, I think that would be a way to open up more decks in the format. I don't know that it's necessary, but I think it might be at least interesting, right? Because then you have to play some Gilded Goose. That can really only be used, like, once. So uh, Elvish Mystic being gone, allowing you just to play Land of Worlds. What I'm hoping, like, just stop the guaranteed I'm going to have a Mana Dork. I don't know that you could ban... Maybe you ban Land of Worlds and Elvish Mystic. I don't know. Maybe we're getting crazy here with that, and you can only play Gilded Goose as far as uh, one-mana rampers there, but... I think limiting the amount of one-mana mana dorks that are out there could be good for this format to start seeing things like Brimaz come around because you can play it before your opponent gets a frickin' 5-5 five, five or 5-4 five, on the field, potentially, right? Um, so, in lieu of Once Upon a Time being banned, maybe we take a look at them elves, you know? Okay, if that's what you want your hot take to be. <laughs> Ruckman? <laughs> Alright, so, off the back of Chris's, this is, this is already what mine was going to be, uh, my vote... My hot take here is maybe we don't ban Once Upon a Time. It is that we ban the London Mulligan rule. Oh. And we revert back to scrying. Now, hear me out here. Once Upon okay. a Time, 
I You've given me hope. Once Upon a Time, I think is very... I think, honestly, you could probably ban them both at the same time here. Maybe that's what my pitch should be. But definitely the core of my argument here is we ban the London Mulligan rule. I think if you aren't key, if you aren't mulliganing at least once in this format, you're playing this format wrong, or your seven-card hand, seven is godlike. The, mulligan, the London Mulligan rule makes hands too consistent, especially on the back of Once Upon a Time. People aren't afraid to mulligan anymore, and I think mulliganing... Uh, is too much of a boon at this point. Decks are too consistent because of it, and mulliganing should be a consequence again, should be a punishment again, and that is my stance on this hot take this week. Make mulligan scry again? Is that what you're saying? I just think, I don't know what we go back to, I just think maybe the mulligan, the London mulligan should be gone. I think it's making things too consistent, especially with, combined with a card like Once Upon a Time. Gotcha. Alright, Ricky, you've, you've heard these All things. Right. Clearly, the best take here belongs to Ruckman. So oh, hear me out okay, here. Yeah. Uh-huh. I agreed with Ruckman just from my experience in Oko Standard. Um, mm-hmm. I foolishly tried to play a Knight's deck in Oko Standard. Um, I played against. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that event. That event was well, abysmal. I, the thing is, like, when testing against Oko, my testing, uh, my testing partner and me, including when I was piloting the Oko deck that we proxied up, um, we didn't mulligan at all. We kept hands, and that was so wrong. And when I went to the event, my opponent mulliganed almost every game, and they always found a goose or a uh, once upon a time that found a goose, and they turn one goose um, in almost every single game I played against Oko. And I think that the new mulligan rule does just create degeneracy. I think it's great for limited, but it's only good for limited, and I think that it's, it's hurting every single format, especially with cards like... Uh, like cheese opening cards, like uh, Once Upon a Time and the Ley Lines. Um, I think that the London Mulligan is harmful to constructed formats. So I will say Ruckman easily wins this. And to berate Chris's hot take is that if you ban Elvish Mystic, they just play Goose. Like they're they're going to have the turn one. They're just going to Mulligan more aggressively. Um, if you get rid of once upon a time, I think you kill the consistency. They could play Goose, Land of War Elf, and Elvish Mystic, and it won't be nearly as consistent as just Elvish Mystic, Land of War Elf, and Once. Alright, so my soapbox for this week isn't going to be me talking. I had a request from someone that they wanted to hear Chris's Beyblade story, so my soapbox is the request that Chris tells about his Beyblade successes. Which, which any one in particular? Uh, I want. We want to hear about you being second place runner-up. What is it? State championship, regional championship. What is this? Yeah, I guess you could call it reg- regional championship. So, yeah, yeah. Twelve-year-old Chris. Uh, and, and again, the reason the story typically comes up is because I have been in like four feature-length films. Uh, and I am not an actor. Just at some point, I have been featured in them. In one of them, uh, to make this story I just blow the interesting part at the beginning, is the Beyblade animated movie. I don't even remember what it's called. But I am in the extra credits of that movie because they covered this tournament. And uh, I, I actually easily should have won. Uh, I won every single round that I played getting up to the cut to the top eight of Beyblades by just playing a very, very small... Uh, Beyblade and being stronger than everybody else there because I was like a 12 year old like the age limit was 13 
So, uh, yeah, I was definitely stronger than everybody else, and there's little Chris just sitting there in his gigantic baggy jeans and oversized Dallas Cowboys t-shirt walking up on stage to, so Wait, uh, what you wore to this event was the same thing you wore to Six Flags a month ago? Exactly right, exactly right. If you, my style has not changed. Dallas Cowboys and over, uh, and baggy jeans is, is, uh, as, as, uh, dear to me as Steam Vents is. How about, how about those apples? So... Yeah, uh, I won every round. My grandmother, who was 73 years old, drove me uh, in a 1998 uh, Ford Taurus station wagon to the uh, NASA, whatever, NASA Museum, NASA Space Center. That's uh, that's where it was being held in Houston, Texas. And uh, I bought her lunch because she was just sitting there. She would find other moms and or grandmothers to talk to and just chat them up every single round. And she was like, uh, you're just still winning, huh? And I was like, I sure am, Grandma. So there's little Chris. Ended up in a movie and lost because the uh, the finals was played in this, like, weird stadium thing where, like, they made the middle of the the little stadium spin. You got anime endings? Yeah, we got the anime endings. So uh, both of our little tops, me and the opponent that I played against... Uh, both of our tops just immediately went into the little divot between the spinning portion and the actual solid portion because they couldn't engineer it close enough because, you know, who has that kind of budget? So our little tops just sat there and kind of ground down, but they obviously did some brilliant editing to edit that part out. But, uh, yeah, I am. I was, a, I guess, a semi-professional Beyblader for a whole day in Houston, Texas. Uh, so, real quick follow-up question. Have you received any sort of residuals or royalties for your appearances in these Beyblade movies? No, I think I was too dumb and signed those away. Obviously, if my uh, if my lawyer was with me uh, at that time, that would not have been the case. Instead, I accepted as my prize a gigantic stadium, the uh, Game Boy Beyblade game, which I tried to sell to GameStop and they would not take it. <laughs> they were like, they were just like, no. Like, if you have the three-year-old Madden game, we'll pay you a dollar for that. This game is virtually worthless. And so uh, I just played the little Game Boy Beyblade game when I got home uh, because we tried to stop by GameStop on the way home and they wouldn't take that. So uh, I signed away my royalties for a couple more Beyblades and uh, that crappy game. So, All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, all right. Let's wrap it up here. Everyone, do you want to give out your socials here? Uh, I will say real fast, guys, we are uh, available. If you're listening to this uh, from our Buzzsprout feed, we are now on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Google Google Podcast, so go look us up on one of those if you're, that's your preferred podcasting source. Uh, we are on Twitter and uh, Instagram at Crew3Podcast. I haven't been really active on those, but I'm going to start, hopefully this week, getting some more info out there, tweet out the deck lists, uh, telling you guys when stuff's going live, what's going on, uh, just generally maybe sharing out deck lists that I'm playing, what we're playing, if the guys want to share their stuff with me to share out there. Uh, gentlemen, what are your socials real fast? I'm uh, at also Steve on Twitter. Yeah, you can find me at at it's underscore underscore Christmas. Um, I'm interested to hear some feedback on like what do people like of the format? Do the, the what if we went a little long this time? So you know, do we like sharing the deck lists? Uh, what do people want to see? So yeah. Uh, so with that, anything else, guys, to add? Or are we signing off here? Well, that's it for me. Yeah, I'm not gonna right. argue with the Beyblade champ. All yeah, right. I'm so- gonna. I'm definitely gonna yell at you guys as soon as this podcast ends. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, everyone, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you all later. Now you guys listen to me.